Well, good morning again, and welcome to see each everyone. How many are happy it's autumn? All right, we got some. We got some. Uh, how many? Uh, no, one went down. Not too, not too crazy. We, you know what comes after autumn, right? Uh, every season is, uh, you know, we have, at least we have seasons, right? You know, talk to my daughter, Anna, you know, she's in Florida. Well, weather doesn't change a whole lot, although they're having a lot of rain and a lot of stuff going on, with tri tropical stuff going on. So I'm going to have one daughter in, in Florida and another daughter going to California here soon. So pray for us, pray for them. And we're spreading out, and I actually have a, one son and his wife that live in Miami as well, in Florida. And our other son lives in Hopkins, so he, you know, he's kind of stuck to Minnesota. And so I don't know about the two girls. I don't know if they'll stick to Minnesota. I just kind of have a feeling they, eh, they're not too crazy about the weather here. Whatever. So, but you won't get me uh, to move probably forever. I'll be here in Minnesota. As always, born here, grew up here, remained here, probably die here. But it's all good, amen? No matter where you come from or however the Lord is leading you today, God has a plan, God has a purpose, and he wants to unfold to us, unfold his plans for us. And the scriptures that we've been talking about in the last couple of Sundays, we've been in the book of Ephesians, so we've been kind of going chapter by chapter, trying to glean from what the word of the Lord has to say to us as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. We are understanding, as we read last week in the second chapter, we looked a little bit about how much we are saved, not by our works, but by grace, because God intervened. You know, we were, he says, we were dead, we were wandering away from God, doing our own thing, caring not about the things of God, kind of living for self, kind of living for whatever, whatever is in it for you. But God, but God comes across as we read that passage in the second chapter. But God, what he did, he did for us was that he, he intervened and he sent his son so that we might be able to be forgiven and be healed. Be healed. And healing is still for the day, I believe. Healing is God's work. Healing a mind, body, soul, and spirit. God is in, that is his nature. Amen? God is nat God's nature is to, to restore. It's in God's heart to bring back lost people into the fold. And we mess up, we fall down, we sin, we, we fall short of the glory of God but we can go back to him and we can have a new beginning, amen? We can have a new start. We can be uh, have a resurrection day. Now we get to the third chapter. We're dealing a little about, we, a little bit about, Paul briefly mentioned this word uh, mystery, but really what the mystery is, is talking about is basically that the nation of Israel and all other nations would be joint heirs, would become fellow brothers.
brothers and sisters in Christ. Not something that the Old Testament understood. That Jew and Gentile together would be God's people. It's good news because God, as we read in the Old Testament, chose the nation of Israel because they were small, and he chose them to be his people. And we know a lot of things that were written out. The law was written out for them. Now we get into the New Testament, and we've seen maybe shadows of the New Testament throughout the Old, and vice versa, the New sheds light on the Old, and vice versa, God's word is still the same, but God has already had it already in his heart to for whosoever will believe it in him should not perish. That, that was in the first chapter of Ephesians. God predestined, verse 5 of 1, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. It was already in the heart of God. Now, the mystery is in, in a sense where the Jew and the Gentile are the same become the same in Christ. That's good news. All tribe, every tribe, tongue, amen? In the book of, all tribe, all people, everywhere. Throughout the scripture, you'll find that God is looking for people who will open their hearts, who will say yes to him, who will say, I will trust you, I will believe in you, Help me to walk. Sometimes even in my unbelief, Lord has helped me with my unbelief. Help me when I want to believe, but I'm struggling to believe. And then move it up a measure, move it up a measure. The mystery, and we'll read here, Paul's letter Third chapter of Ephesians. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus. Remember, he's writing this from prison. Verse 2, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery. There it is. As I wrote before in brief, and by referring to this, when you read it, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. Now I like how he says this. To be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. That's the mystery. That's the good news. That's why we have reason to celebrate today. We are also the people of God. We are also going to be a part of the entire, all the other nations represented in heaven. God knows all people everywhere, all at the same time. Unbelievable, isn't it? God knows exactly what we're thinking. And he cares about the individual. The scriptures even talk about he knows all the number of hairs on your head. The number of hairs. 
unbelievable. He knows when the sparrow falls to the ground. He said, why should you worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to, you know, clothe yourself, what you're going to, what this life is going to be all about? When I'm, I'm taking care of all these things. Yet, aren't we so human? Say, oh, well, I don't know how we're going to make it. Um, I don't know how we're going to get all the bills paid. Um, health issues, all kinds of things can come to the horizon. And so we've got to keep ourselves going back to the provider, God, Jesus Christ, who will provide for us. How many believe that God is providing your living? How many believe that God is going to provide for you, your future? Yes. We're going to believe that God is going before us. And all this has been given to us. Verse 7 says, of which I was made a minister. Paul was called out of his lifestyle, which was basically he thought he was doing God a service. He was actually killing, the, uh, killing Christian people, thinking that he was doing God a service. So Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, and everything changed. See, when we meet Jesus and we understand Jesus is who he is, we have a decision to make, either to follow him or to go to our own way. And Paul decided, well, I never knew. Basically never knew what he was doing was in the wrong. How could he have been so sure that he was in the right, but he was yet so in the wrong? But Jesus opened his eyes to see the truth and the way he should live. And then not only that, but he called them to to go out and proclaim the things that Jesus taught. Begin to become a missionary, go around to other nations and begin to proclaim that he was not in a, it was in a particular, uh, it was not nothing easy about it. He says, I was made a minister. There's a process of becoming what God wants us to become so that he can use us for the things that he has for us. And don't get scared by the word minister. You don't have to be in front to be a minister. You don't have to be in a pulpit minister. You don't have to have, God doesn't call everyone to be in, in the front. God calls ministers, people in the background, people that are doing the things that help things work in the ministry. You know, one of my favorite verses of Scripture, I didn't take the time to find it, but he, met, he mentions, Paul was mentioning a list of of, of gifts to the church, and one little word showed up, I think it was in the book of Corinthians, the word helps. Amongst teaching and other things, prophetic ministries, the word helps appears. How many can be a helper? I remember growing up, the church was building, I was graduated in 1977, Aiken High School, and my my first job of that summer was helping build on the, on the, my my home church, and I remember this uh, particular one day one of the, one of the older fellas. Um, he had a broom, and this broom was unique because he had it all kind of wired up, and maybe even some duct tape. The handle was broken. 
Uh, but he still fixed it up. He said, he, I fixed it up. And it worked. He, you know, if you could hear him talking, he kind of, yeah, it worked pretty good here. You, know? you got to chuckle. Well, here's, what, here's, what, here's what comes out of that. God sees simple things. God notices simple little things. I believe God notices when we pick up a piece of paper on a, on a turf or a, on a site. I think, believe God notices when you, you open the door and hold the door for someone. It's a courteous thing. I believe God notices when you're in traffic and instead of you're in such a hurry, you just, oh, I'll just kind of cool it here. Just let's, I mean, if someone's trying to get in over here, let, you know. They've been there a long time. How courteous to let them in. Aren't you, aren't you glad when they wave and they, they thank you? No one's ever done that. Has anyone ever done that for you? You know how it feels. Ministry. Ministers are, is, is, is serving. You get to. Do you get tired? Yes. Can you get worn out? Yes. He never said it was going to be easy. The fact of the matter is, is a good sleep. The work of uh, sleeping of a working man, the Proverbs, sleep of a working man is pleasant. How many read that? The sleep of a working man. That's a, that's a person that has, has put his heart into it. And there's a good sleep. You'll say something like this, to, well, we ought to sleep good tonight, right? We ought to, and sometimes we get so wound up, we can't sleep, right? But you're still work. How many have worked all night long in your sleep? Or you're processing it. We get into these things. But Paul was, he was a, he was a firebrand. He became, he was a firebrand, pre-Christian, but he was also a firebrand when he became. Unbelievable. You don't have to be like Paul. You be who you are. You just be faithful to what God has called you to be. You be a steward, as Paul said, a steward. What is he saying? He's, he's managing. He's doing the best he can with how he knows how to do it. What God has called you to be is a, is a minister, number one, to him. Minister to God. Everyone can pray. Everyone's a minister. When we pray and praise him, when we look to him, when we pray in behalf of others, you're ministering, you're ministering to God. You're learning what is God's heartbeat. You're learning what is, is, is on his heart so you can pray according to his will. You're in the word so you can understand what is it that God wants. Last week I lined up the stone, remember? And I was reflecting, I tried to give an illustration of Jesus, the cornerstone, and I picked out several rocks. These came right out of, out of my house. You know, nothing special. They're just a rock. They're just rocks. But Jesus referred, and Paul referred to this cornerstone in this, this other chapter before we get to number three. He talked about this cornerstone, building your life on Jesus. And guess what? Being uh, having some experience in laying block, we went, we we didn't lay we didn't lay many stones, but block, I call them concrete masonry units. That'll get people going. What? 
concrete masonry units. So I said that to my helper, and he goes, what? Get, get some more units. Oh, these things, bricks? No, they're not bricks. There's no bricks on the job. Right? <laughs> kind of work, work their mindset a little bit. Have fun. But this block on the corner, you set your corner block is the most important thing. The line, the walls line up. If your wall is out of square, it's bad. Huh? The houses are going to be, it's a mess. Dilapidated, looks terrible. Everything, everything is harder from there on. But if we get started right, take a little time, let's press into Jesus. Let's talk to Jesus today. Well, what if God gives you a simpler way, gives you an understanding far beyond what you can understand? He gives you insight. How many want insight? How many want wisdom into your particular situation? Sometimes we just need a word from the Lord. Oh, my. All of a sudden, you get that rhythm going. Things begin to happen. Things are falling together. I think the Lord is helping us. I think God is with us. How many have had some of those days? You just, wow. God is helping us. I, I couldn't have figured this out on my own. So there's many things in Scripture there's many things in the Word of God that we're still learning, but we have enough. We have enough that we can get started. And once we get started, the problem is too many people don't get started. They want to wait till it's opportunity, opportune time. Well, I'll wait when I'm, when I'm ready. Well, God said, okay, I'll wait. Life's not going so great. Well, sometimes life seems like it's going great. But what if I come to the end of my life and all the stuff I've ever worked for, you realize, oh, what's after, what's after this life? It's a pretty empty road. It's a pretty empty dead end. But if you have Jesus, it's a new life. There's eternity with him awaiting for those who will believe and those who will walk with him now. Those, there is a hope. Even this mystery that we talk about, we don't know all, all about heaven. We know a few things. We know that there is it's a wonderful place. We know that once we get there, we'll never want to come back there. We want to be with him forever. The scriptures are talked about, we shall be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. We shall become like him because we shall see him as he is. Here's the, here's the key. I think when we see Jesus, we're going to understand things because he's putting it into us. We can see Jesus now by faith. When Paul was speaking about a, a mystery. He was talking about he was made a minister. And we will get sometimes... Uh, opposition, as we step out in the things of God. Paul wrote in another place in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. It's an interesting verse, because he's talking about especially to the household of faith. Whoa. Oh, we, we, we minister to one another? Oh, Oh, you mean that my brother and sister might need encouragement? Yeah, 
Oh, you mean they might need a little of their burden being helped, help them in bearing their burden? Yes. Oh, they might need a listening ear. Or they might need to be someone to just, just be their friend. Support them. Believe in them. Pray for them. That's the church. The body of Christ becomes united and becomes sensitive to one another. Yes, we will have days where we will grow weary and feel like, I don't know if I can do one more thing. And well, maybe days when we need to take a day off and rest and just, just sit. I was talking to the Lord about that very thing this morning. I said, Lord, what it is, I don't know what it is about me, but I have a hard time sitting very long. I don't know if it's the Norwegian in me. I don't know where it was drilled. I, you know, maybe from my upbringing. But there is a rhythm, right? There is a pace that God has for you. The problem is when we look at over here and so-so, well, look at how much they do. My, 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 my. I get tired watching them, right? There are some people that are just wired. They're just charged. They're going. But you may not be, that's not you. Come on. What is your pace? God still loves your pace. God still has a work for you in your pace and in your place and in your season of life and even in your trial, even in your pain, even in your circumstances that may not be what you would have chose. But somehow God works life into all this. Somehow God takes all of our messes and he begins to put the picture together, begins to knead in his loving kindness, begins to knead in his grace, begins to pour into the Holy Spirit, into our situation so that we can be able to deal. What will keep us going in trial is knowing that Jesus himself understands trial. What will keep us going in trial when you think you've had a bad day, read the scripture. Paul's days weren't that easy either. Not that we compare ourselves again, not get caught up into that. But there will be days when the enemy wants to destroy you. He wants to get at you. He will come against you. But we have to pray and put the whole armor of Jesus on. Put on the whole armor of God. This takes discipline. Jesus, I wanted to title this message, He is Able. And I wanted you to leave this place today thinking, thinking about His ability and not your own. What if God, what if God would show up in your circumstances The fact of the matter is, as we sung that song, we sing that song, he's working. He is here moving in our hearts. I believe that can happen every day. Even as we're going through our day and we're in our routines, we're, we're thinking about him and his, he is visiting us by his Holy Spirit. That he comes to us 
sometime when we're at our end. When Jesus was ministering to the there was a setting of 5,000 people, plus all these kids that probably were there as well. He ministered for several days. And then he, the disciples says, you know, Jesus wanted to feed them. That's what he wanted to do. Okay, guys, I, I, I feel like you guys, the people, if we send them away, they're going to faint. They're, gonna, they're, gonna not, they're not going to make it. So Jesus said, we're going to feed them. And they go, huh? Where are we going to get? Where, where are we going to get? So Jesus said, we're going to feed them. So they were thinking about their ability, and Jesus is right there, and he has all the ability in the world. Right? They've already seen some miracles. But Jesus says, okay, is there anybody here that has a lunch or anything? I do. Little boy, remember? Would you be so kind to share that with me? Okay. Reminds me of a young man that used to work for me. I won't mention his name. It wasn't Nathan. He would, get, he would get in my truck, and he'd say, what did you bring me today? He'd, he'd actually get into my lunch truck. What did you bring me today? I won't mention his name. He was a relative, but I won't mention his name. We have a lot of fun. But if you didn't think about preparing ahead, then go hungry. That could have been the attitude of the boy. Here, Lord. You're sure. And Jesus broke. It says he gave thanks. And he fed the multitudes. The disciples were wondering, I'm sure by now, how did he do this? How can he take nothing and make everything he is able to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond. Just so happened, they, they had enough. And I imagine these guys were stuffing themselves, and they were going back for seconds and thirds. And they were sad. They were so full, they could, no, I can hardly walk. And Twelve baskets full left over. Do you think Jesus... You think God can only do so much? No, he can do more than we can even think of. So why do I, why do I sometimes, oh boy, this bill, that bill, oh my, how are we going to make it through this one? And I have to pull myself, okay, am I faithful? If I'm tithing, giving 10%, that's part of God's promise. The blessing of giving. He supplies our needs. Oh, Lord, you said you'd take care of the sparrows. You said you'd be with us always. 
Hebrews says that we studied that on Wednesday. He said, the Lord is my helper. I will be confident because the Lord is helping us. Can we believe today the Lord is going to help us? Would we believe today that even though it's not always what we thought, we're still believing that God is helping us? And we're still going to stretch. And God stretches us and moves on us, works through our circumstances. And even as I read on in this whole chapter, verse 13, Paul says, therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations. What he's saying is, don't look at my tribulations. Don't get discouraged of what I, because of what I'm going through. For they are your glory. For this reason, Paul was taking his circumstances his imprisonment, his situation, and he was turning it around for good. He was now, he couldn't go out and minister like he wanted to, but God had him right where exactly he wanted him. Now you can pen the scripture that we can have so you and I can read it today. God looked past. God sees past your circumstance and into the future what he can make and bring around again and what may have been meant for evil as we learn from Joseph, the story of Joseph in the Old Testament, that God meant it for good. Could it be that he's tests our faith so that we can say, oh, You're stretching me. And so we read in another place in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, these words, therefore we do not lose heart. Our outer man is decaying, yet we won't always have have the strength that we once have, yet our inner man is being renewed. I like that. In another place it says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, right? There may be days yet you don't feel like you have it, you don't feel, you don't feel, but God, and he is able. Therefore I transfer transfer my burdens, my cares, my workload. I'm not alone, Lord, you're here. And you are able to do exceeding. We read this further down the text. As Paul began to pray this prayer as he penned these words, that the people of God, if they would read this, would understand, he said in verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. You know, I think God... More concerned about your inner man than your outer man, right? You, your inner man is the real you, your spirit. You know, when they were picking out the kings, remember? This little ruddy guy named David. 
He was the last one. It went through the brothers. Some of them were tall. And, oh, obviously, oh, that must be the king. Don't you have any more? The prophet said, oh, there's one kid out in the back. He's taking care of the sheep. And the scripture says he was ruddy or reddish, but handsome. I think he had reddish complexion. And prophecies, that's the man. And that's where we get the scriptures. God looks on the heart and not on the outward things. And God sees your very heart today. He even knows when you want to be where you know you should. He sees it when you're, you know, he sees your struggle, yet he sees that part of you that's thriving, striving, striving. Putting one foot in front of the other, even when it's pain, even when it hurts, even when you've been hurt. You're going to believe a God that understands your pain. And what Paul praying is that bring these people in. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted. So that in other words, the harder it gets, the deeper your roots go. The trials produces spiritual muscle to keep up the pace, to keep the faith. These are heavy verses. We may be able to comprehend, verse 18, with all the saints, what is the breadth and length and the height and depth. And to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Let me say these words. Nothing will satisfy us completely in this world. Hear me. Nothing that's in this world can completely satisfy us. We are made to know Him. And He will satisfy. He takes all our feelings, sometimes feelings, where do I fit in? And gives his purpose. You belong to him first, number one. We minister to him. He becomes your Lord. And then you're now not walking alone. You're on the road to heaven with him. And Paul ends his prayer with this great verse. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. You see, we have to understand where's that power coming from? Where's the power coming from? Jesus said, I will give you a help. And the disciples were stressed out because Jesus would talk about leaving. I would, Wait a minute, guys. It's to your advantage. I go. I'm going to send the help. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives the power. 
The Holy Spirit is the third person of God, the Trinity. The Holy Spirit, as Paul said in the first chapter, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in power. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That was the disciples. By the way, that's for us today. The Holy Spirit is available for anyone who will say, fill me, Lord with your Holy Spirit. I want to walk not in my own strength, but in the help of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's walking through you. And Paul said in another place, walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Everything begins to become easier. It starts to click starts to happen. The stuff that would have bothered you otherwise, it doesn't. That you're growing to a place where things that would have bothered you a year ago really upset you. Say, oh, man, you know, we know where that's coming. We take it to the Lord. How many understand it? It's a level, one level to the next. It's one layer at a time as long as we're aligning ourselves with Jesus Christ. We're going to pray in closing. How many need the Holy Spirit? How many want the Holy Spirit? Amen. I'm going to pray this way today. We're going to pray. We're going to talk to Jesus, but we're also going to talk to the Holy Spirit. And just stand. And just stand. And just begin to open your heart to him. And we're going to pray to Jesus, but we're also going to talk to the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, you are here. But Holy Spirit, you are also here. And we're coming to you right now, just as we are. For some of us, we may be feeling not so good. For some of us, we may be doing okay. But there's always something that's in the future that we're going to face. And we just believe right now, Holy Spirit, help us to have the wisdom and the understanding, the breadth and the height, that our eyes will be open. And we receive you right now. May the Holy Spirit dwell in us through Jesus. May the Holy Spirit fill us to overflowing and empower us and send us out to be the people of God that you've called us to be. We are chosen by you. So now we surrender, we believe, not by what we can do, but what you can do. For you are able. Amen? He is able, not your ability, but God's ability working through us. As we sing this song one more time.